when I first discovered some of these tools and then later started developing my own, I was like, why aren't more people talking about this? Why don't we learn these things in kindergarten? Why am I learning them in grad school? Like it didn't make sense for me. And so wanting to share tools to help not only humanity heal, but to discover who they are beyond any limitation is what I'm most interested in. Welcome to Why Isn't Everyone Doing This? I'm Emily Fletcher, and I believe that bliss is your birthright. That's why I'm calling on my world-class network to uncover the most potent, spine-tingling, even taboo healing modalities, all so you can reclaim your bliss. Let's do this. If you have ever wished that you could have a spiritual therapist who is also a coach who can help you unwind and untangle the inner workings of your fear and your resistance to help you actually feel your feelings, then today's episode is exactly the medicine that you need. I have the brilliant Alyssa Nobrega, who is a new friend. We've been in the same circles for a while, but we recently dropped in and I was so excited to get to witness her genius. She's a renowned speaker. She is a coach. She's an entrepreneur. She has trained thousands of people under her coaching methodology. She's the founder and CEO of the Institute of Coaching Mastery, and she has not one but two master's degrees, one in clinical somatic psychotherapy and the other one in spiritual psychology. She's been featured basically everywhere. New York Times, Forbes, Entrepreneur, Deepak Chopra has said that she's one of the best coaches in the land, and she has a beautiful blend of personal development, healing arts, and business strategy that has helped her to coach coaches who are now having a huge impact on the planet. We're going to talk today about why everyone isn't healing for their own human potential. Why are we not healing for our human potential? And something that is very near and dear to my heart, it's really why we created this whole podcast is to introduce you to different modalities of healing. This conversation is very raw. It's very vulnerable. And in our VIP after party, she actually does some laser coaching on me, which you definitely do not want to miss. So enjoy the episode and I'm excited to hear what you think. One of the most beautiful concepts from the Vedas is the idea that bliss is your birthright. 24 hour a day bliss is your birthright and anything standing in the way of that is stress. Now I'm curious what you think might happen if a whole group of people who all believe that bliss is our birthright came together to meditate, to breathe, to pray, and to put our attention on that which we want to grow. Well, good news, you're about to find out. I have a very special invitation for you to join me for our next live bliss activation. Now, this is totally free. I do it about once a month because teaching live is my most favorite thing. Getting to connect to you, answering your questions, and meditating with a big group of amazing people around the world is my highest delight. So all you have to do to join me live for free is go to zivameditation.com slash activate. That is Z-I-V-A meditation.com slash activate activate. Join me and amazing like-minded people from around the world to activate the bliss that is your birthright. So welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Alyssa, I am so happy to have you here. I am so honored to be here. What a delight you are. (laughs) (laughs) The feeling is so mutual. Mm. I'm just going to let people in on our little little secret. I've known, we've known each other for a while. You have danced sort of on the outskirts of similar social circles, yeah. but I really fell in love with you when I saw you dancing on the dance same, floor. Same, same. I was like, oh, we get each other on a level that was way more nonverbal, and I cannot wait to dance with you more. I love that you open it with dancing. I don't know if you've shared with your yeah. audience, like mm-hmm. the ritual of dancing and really connecting in that way. What a gift. I think you see someone's soul on a dance yes. floor. 
Yes. And you see like their level of coherence, their, how nature puppets them really. Mm-hmm. How open they are mm-hmm. to be moved, to connect, to yeah. presence, to play, to be spontaneous. So I could do a whole episode on dancing. <laughs> but so I'm curious to know, like, what inspired you to get your first master's degree? And then what inspired you to get your second? And can you just explain to us, like, what those degrees even are? Yeah. I was one of those rare people that at 12 knew I wanted to be a healer and live in the Redwoods. <laughs> but I also wanted to live in New York City and do marketing and wear stilettos. So I had these two parts, which I didn't think were different. I call them Phoebe and Monica. So from friends. So it's like, yes, and. And I think my whole life, I've just continued to follow that. So back when I was 12, I didn't really know about coaching. And so I followed the path of becoming licensed. I wanted to help people heal. But as we heal, we discover more of our full spectrum, our full potential. And so what's possible as we heal, what can we create? How do we live the life that feels really aligned for us as a result? So for me, a real healing is a change of behavior. So in some ways I've married and matched healing and uh, strategic change. Like as we remove the blocks, it's easier to create what it is we want in a sustainable way. So we say that again, for you, healing is behavior change. Yeah. Healing is a change of behavior. So can you say more about that? Like you could heal in a cave by yourself, but if you're not able to implement that into your everyday, then it's not not, sustainable. That's right. mm -hmm. That's right. It's like, why do we do this work so that we can live more open-hearted, open-minded, freer lives, not to get stuck in the shadow work of always becoming, which is the shadow of therapy. And what I love about coaching is that anything you think that you, uh, whatever your dream is, anything that's been unresolved will come up. And as you look at that to transform it at the root, it's easier to create it. Can you say that again? Anything that you think comes up. And so as you're, so if you have a goal that's Mm -hmm. outside your comfort zone, so give a talk or ask for the race, any part of you that doesn't feel in alignment with that will come to the surface as you take steps towards it. Mm -hmm. And in my methodology, I help people change from the root. So for example, their sense of self-worth, if they feel an inherent sense of wholeness and worth, not only are they going to date differently, they're going to ask for the, they're going to take um, greater positions of leadership at work, make more money, go for their dreams. Their overall quality of life is enhanced. And how would you define wholeness? Mm. <laughs> I, I'll break down and in a moment, I'll break down kind of three levels of worth, which I think encompasses wholeness. Mm-hmm. Um, but the shadow of, of psychotherapy is always healing the past. Whereas with coaching, it's like always trying to arrive at another goal in the future. Oh, I love that. The shadow side of psychotherapy is we're always healing the past. There's always more trauma, more yeah. stuff from our past to heal. Yeah. And the shadow side of coaching is we're always trying to like fix or achieve or get somewhere different or better in the future. Right, right. So then what happens to Neither them work. Yeah. So then the work is about presence, is about wholeness. And I think most of the uh, personal development work has it backwards. There, we're living from some core illusion of who we think we are. And so then we're trying to heal it away or we're trying to become something in the future. We're trying to prove our worth. We're, and it comes, I would say 99% of people have something around worth and they don't know that it's about worth. So I'm trying, you know, there's different blocks that I would say come up for people as they're saying, yes, I want this dream. I want to start a podcast. I want to give a talk. I want to write a book, whatever it may be for them. That stuff comes up. And as they're equipped to have the tools to navigate their inner world, it makes it easier. And I would say that there's some core, maybe 
I'll just say five blocks that are common for humanity, people pleasing, perfectionism, self-doubt, right? There's like, if you think of it as like a tree, there's maybe different branches, but at the core of it is an identity of I'm not good enough or something's wrong with me. Mm. So I'm interested to know. So people pleasing, check, got yeah. that one. Perfectionism, yeah. check, yeah. got that one. Yeah. What was the third one? Um, self-doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I... I have a list of them. I don't remember all of them off the top of my head, mm-hmm. but there's some common ones, but deeper than that, mm-hmm. deeper than those kind of like the, the, the trunk branches, of the tree. The trunk of the tree is about not feeling good enough. Mm-hmm. And ironically, the part of us that doesn't feel good enough is not enough, right? So I think that there is a there's wisdom in suffering because it brings us back to discover who is the one that I think I am that isn't enough. We're both human and being. Mm. ego and essence. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about wholeness, that conversation, it's about, at least in the work that I do and what I found to be most helpful is embracing these parts of ourselves that we think these strategies to try to earn love, safety, and um, belonging in the world. So mm-hmm. if I feel, for example, my strategies, if I don't feel good enough, my coping mechanism may be to be perfect. I appear to be perfect so that then I feel loved and belonging or safety. Mm-hmm. And instead of trying to change the coping strategy, the safety strategy, I actually see that that strategy was just trying to serve me. It was trying to help me. But the core illusion that I wasn't enough is where we want to get to at the root. That's wholeness. Mm. And so we can align our personality to embrace these parts of us. And ironically, we instantly feel whole. When Tell so me again like, what makes the instant wholeness. How do we align the yeah. parts of our so personality? So instead of, instead of playing, instead of becoming exhausted by trying to achieve our way or prove our way outside in approach, mm-hmm. instead of doing that, it's about actually meeting these parts of us that don't feel worthy and embracing them or the mm-hmm. part that feels scared and really being um, a loving presence for that part. So even criticism, let's just break it down. So if I have an inner critic... Um, that is is holding me back from going for my dreams, I can start to first, I want to help people identify what is the pattern that is the filtering their life? What's the lens that they're, what's the operating system they're seeing life from? So awareness is key. First seeing what's actually filtering my reality. And then once you see you're wearing glasses, you can take them off to investigate what's true about it. How is it serving me? How is it not serving me? And as we, we can't just do it from the mental, like I think mental health is limiting. I think we need to do more of a holistic, more of an integrative process. And I can share about mine or there are other ones as well. But as we start to integrate it in our body and our nervous system, even with criticism, say if, if I'm looking through the lens of I'm not good enough, my strategy is to try to tell myself that I'm all of my, the negative things, that strategy first identifying that you're wearing it and then identifying how is that strategy trying to serve me? Well, I'm trying to tell myself that so that I improve. Is it working? No. So if I judge criticism, it's just another layer of criticism. Mm. And so ironically, by embracing the part of me that's a critic, it softens it. I feel more whole and then I can take strategic action in a way that I'm no longer competing with inside of myself, divided and feeling um, at war inside. Okay, this is so 
so brilliant and also so exactly what I'm working on in my own life right now. Beautiful. I've just recently started like parts work or internal yes, family systems. Yes, yes. And I just did five days in a darkness retreat in a cave and I did two hours of somatic therapy on the front and on the back end. And I'd never done like technically a somatic ther therapy session before. Yeah. But just, and I'm sure you can speak to it more eloquently, but my very novice understanding is that instead of trying to like solve the problem in the mind, you're really going into the sensation in the body. Yes. What's happening in my body? What's happening in my body? And she said the exact same thing, this brilliant therapist, um, where she said, you know, you had a core belief when you were a child that yeah. you couldn't trust the masculine. Yes. And so you decided that you have to hold it all yourself. Yeah. And then that belief is not only do you have to hold it all yourself, but if you don't, then it will all fall apart. Mm -hmm. And so those are glasses and yeah. you put those glasses on at a really early age and now you've seen your whole life That's and right. every relationship and every decision you've made through those glasses. That's right. And so I love that you're like, oh yeah, you could take those off That's and be right. like, is this thing serving me? Yeah. But if I judge that belief as bad, then I create more distance, less That's wholeness. Right. That's right. If I love that piece of me and those glasses and that survival mechanism that yes. I needed as a child, yeah. then I can create more wholeness and actually soften that thing and then get to, is that belief serving me or not? Yeah. Yeah. And so the way to transform something is to accept it. And acceptance doesn't mean complacency. It just means, oh, I was doing that because it worked for me then. Mm -hmm. And is it working for me now? Mm -hmm. And so most of the personal development work has it backwards because they're trying to go from the outside in. They're trying to improve themselves through coaching or therapy or whatnot. And yet we don't actually look at the core misunderstanding. Who am I taking myself to be? Who am I taking myself to be? Who what do does I that mean? Think How does that show up like practically? Who, am I, who do I think I am? So I, I talk about three levels of worth. Mm -hmm. And again, because most people aren't aware that unworthiness and adequacy is really at the core of our human uh, wound and our story. And I want to help people connect the dots so they can see that trying to prove their worth, trying to look a certain way, have a certain amount of followers, to, trying to achieve a certain amount of success is coming from this lack in security thinking. Mm. And so it's innocent, but you know, the part of you that doesn't think you are enough isn't enough. That's not the totality of who you are. And so there's intelligence in it if we slow down to see it. Mm. And our nature is love. Love moves towards everything. And so if there is a part of us that feels unworthy, ironically, instead of trying to live out of that unconsciously to become more worthy, it's about embracing the part of me that doesn't feel worthy and letting that be enough, letting that be okay, mm. not identifying with it and not judging it. Mm -hmm. So those are two key, really important pieces. What if your part is, just asking for a friend, what if um, <laughs> a friend. one of the pieces of you is actually named Judge Judy and <laughs> that's been the thing? Yeah. Um, you know, not that that's my issue or anything, <laughs> but how do I like not judge the judger? Yeah, well, <laughs> notice that the part of you that notices the judge is that part of you that notices the judge judging? Is that part of me that notices the judge? Is she judging? So uh -huh. is the is the part that is aware of Judge Judy judging, or is it just aware? Is the awareness that sees Judge Judy judging, or is it just aware? I think she's just aware. And so that awareness is prior to the thought of Judge Judy or the pattern of Judge Judy. Mm -hmm. And so noticing what's already at peace with the judge or the criticism, noticing in my direct experience right now what's already at peace with this thought, this pattern, this feeling helps you pop out of it because we can get really narrow focused. And so 
kind of opening the aperture of our awareness to the context rather than getting so lost in all of the content of the moment, of the feelings, the thoughts, that's where we can rabbit hole and loop. Mm. And so mm-hmm. by opening, noticing what's already at peace in this moment, even if the ego is not, even if the mind's not at peace, there, is there something in my direct experience right now that is already at peace? Mm. I love that so much because it's like no matter how heightened the wave is, the individuality, the story, the ego, like there's still the ocean, right? That's that, that, right. that everythingness is always there. That's right. It's one of the reasons why I love meditation so much because it just drops you back into that viscerally. Yes. And then there's the other 23 hours of the day that we're not meditating. And so it's like we need these tools, we need these skills to come back to. Yeah to heal so that we can reach our full human potential. So I'd love for you to talk about that a little bit of like, so like, why isn't everyone healing for human potential? But I guess, can you sell us on like why we should be healing? My best friend said to me the other day, she's like, Emily, not everyone wants to heal. And I was like, what? Yeah. Like, I, I really <laughs> blew my mind. I was like, what do you mean everyone wasn't want to heal? It was yeah. like inconceivable to me. But I'm like, oh, she's right. Yeah. So why, like, I, why would people want to? <laughs> I was looking at one of the things I ask myself often is like, why aren't more people doing this? And Lots how do this, they like coaching, I, getting tools? Yeah. Learning tools for life. Why aren't more people being proactive? Because if there's something unresolved in me and I push it down, I'm just postponing it. Or if there's something unresolved in me and I blame the person, I get caught in the surface level rather than looking at the pattern, I'm focused on the person, I'm missing the whole gift. Mm. And then I just project it. If I don't resolve it, I project it onto the next partner or employee or friend because that pattern is inside of me. It's the filter through which I'm looking at life through that lens. Mm -hmm. And so I want to live life freer and more open-hearted and more open-minded while I'm young and not postpone and wait. And so I don't, I think most people are unaware of the option. I think that they also haven't learned the tools to navigate the, their inner world. Sometimes they're going to get, you know, as a therapist, a lot of times people would say, I don't want to feel that because I'm never going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. But they haven't actually learned to feel in a efficient way, to feel in a clear way. They get stuck ruminating on their feelings rather than letting it move through. So like you were saying, somatic psychotherapy, neuroscientists have found that it only takes 90 seconds to feel an emotion before it moves through the body. Mm -hmm. And so rather than thinking about that thought, that feeling, right? Thoughts and feelings speak a different language. So rather than- Thoughts and feelings speak a different language. Yeah. Amazing. I love that. And so you can't tell yourself not to feel a certain way or Mm -hmm. not to date that person. You're you're going to do what you feel. And so it's really about learning to- to learn how to feel in a more efficient way. So you're not stuck in the past, but you can actually integrate that energy in the body without even needing to know the story. So I would love, and I'm sure that this takes, you know, many sessions and one-on-one work, but can you give us like the cliffs notes of, cause I know so many people, myself included, like we're trying to solve yeah. like our emotional problems on the level of thinking. And it's yeah. like you can't think your way right. through your feelings. Right. So like, how do we get out of that story, that problem solving and like actually just feel our You're feelings right. in an efficient way? I think there's two types of people, those who indulge in feelings and those who are avoiding feelings. And so identifying where we land and then what is taking me away from just all organically feeling what's here. And I think some of the, like the avoiders will say, if I go there, I'm never going to get out. And my, this is why I bring for indulgers, I bring in neuroscience because it's science backed. It's like, actually it only takes 90 seconds. So you haven't learned how to feel and let it move through. And as you go to the core to move these feelings through, 
you feel lighter. You're not carrying this backpack, this weight with you in life and Mm -hmm. your world gets bigger as a result. Things become more alive and vibrant and and we want to feel more of our wholeness all the time rather than self-medicating and addiction. And not, the, not that those things are bad, but those are the best ways we've known how to take care of ourselves mm-hmm. because we didn't have the tools. We didn't have people model personal responsibility, emotional intelligence. And, you know, to me, this is everything because as we learn that, then we can go for the things that we want to create in life. Yeah, so I'd love to understand your story a little bit because it's it's not everyone that's like, oh, I want to be a healer. I want to <laughs> go into this. Like, did you have, were there tricky things in your childhood? Oh. Where you're like, oh, this hurts. I need to figure out how to heal this for myself and then help others to do the same. Yeah. I mean, I do think that I came in pretty clear with knowing that this was my path, but of course we all have stuff going on. I, I think one of the bigger parts of my journey that I've shared publicly is about being bullied in middle school. Mm-hmm. So around the years around, you know, 12 or so having being with the cool kids and moving from a school of like 60 to 600 and then being part of the cool girls club and then being kicked out the next day and having 30 girls physically threatened to beat me up for a year and a half and mm-hmm. just kind of being solo me and my friend playing guitar, looking at the moon. I'm somewhat similar still, but that was the time where I was looking for my identity of, am I the rapper, the skater, the cheer? Like, who am I? And where do I belong? And where do I fit in? And because I wasn't accepted in my social groups and was was really physically being bullied, I learned to just question everything. That's been my spiritual path is letting go of the mind of these identities of who I've taken myself to be. And although that was some of the most that was pretty challenging for me. It led me to a deeper spiritual truth that I am so grateful for. So, you know, having a lot of time in quiet and questioning helped me stay more rooted. And then my family system was that I think my whole family was going through, they were all, and we were all kind of suffering without really talking to each other about it. We all started looking for our own answers, ironically through spirituality, and we had our different ways of doing it. So my dad went through the shamanic path. And so I started sitting in shamanic circles since I was 14. Wow. So 14 to 20. I forgot your dad was a shaman. Yeah. Uh And I love that work. And, and, you know, it supported me in, in knowing, in really sitting with an altar and just sitting in silence and listening to my own wisdom. But, you know, being 14 and everyone being 60, I wanted people my age and I wanted to talk about things. And so, but I, I, my, I think what's always worked out for me is that I've listened deeply inside and I've followed that inner compass. I think if I were looking for outer success or things like that, it would have never worked, you know, mm. but because my goal has always, I, I think I saw my dad also sell his company at 50. He was completely disconnected from himself and you know being happy and going shamanic, a, a 180 in his life. I saw that you know, happiness wasn't found in the material world. And so it confirmed and supported me in continuing to do the inner work, which is what are, what is the, what are the glasses through which I'm viewing life from? We all see that people that have it all aren't happy. And so if that's not the answer, what is? Mm. And so in your work, because I know you've trained not, you've not only worked as a coach and as a therapist, but you've trained, you know, thousands of people to be coaches. Yeah. So in that work, like, can you share... Like any stories that come to mind where you're just like, oh, like this is why I'm on the planet. Like this is my dharma. This is why I incarnated in this body at this time. Like just some examples of like 
oh, this work works and why you've dedicated your life to it. Yeah. I, for me to see somebody wake up to themselves, to know that when they take, when I watch them take the glasses off of trying to prove themselves to really come home to themselves, it's the most rewarding thing. And so not only do I watch them do that, but now I'm hearing stories of their clients doing that. And so Mm. it's been, it's interesting because I'm very goal oriented, but this is the goal that I never want to end. This is the goal that I love learning and growing and dedicating to that I want to keep expanding and serving in this way. So the process of helping somebody get free is in and of itself the reward. Mm. And can you think of like a person, a story, like a before and after of like what their life looked like before and what their life looked like after? Like yeah. you're on your deathbed and you're playing the slideshow mm. of your career. It's like, oh, Charlotte. <laughs> she came in feeling this and she went out feeling that. Yeah. I mean, this, I don't know why this example is coming to mind, but I had a woman come to see me and she wanted to, this was years ago. She was like, my goal, she was so excited and so sweet. She's like, my goal is to get married. And she was so excited thinking that getting married would make her not disposable. And I said, I'm willing to work with you if we have a bigger goal, that you marry yourself. And she didn't get it at first. And so I think some of the sales pitch for doing this work is helpful. I said, you could either think that something outside of yourself, marriage, is going to make you feel whole and complete because we're trained, we're taught that in society. Or you could choose to marry all parts of yourself to really come home to yourself in a way that you feel comfortable. And as a result, it will call forward your relationship. And if you're meant to get married, it will be from a different foundation of wholeness. Mm. And she was like, okay, I'm in for that. And as she did the work, she not only discovered the tools to navigate these parts of her that it felt insecure, but she started to belong more to herself and wake up in a way that not only supported her at work to take more leadership in a very male dominated career and speak up and speak her voice and feel her power, not to try to prove herself in these conversations, but to just own it and to speak it and to take space at the table. But also in her marriage, she did end up getting married, but not from this place of, from this place of like she needed it, but because this was the next most intelligent aligned thing for the expression of love that she is. I, I, I have lots of client stories, but I feel like my life story and the work that I've experienced as a result has been the greatest gift. And so any healer, therapist, coach, any facilitator, us leading with our own work is the most important mm. part. And so I love the story of you in middle school, but can you give us a window into like you more recently? Like I know you have a big birthday coming up. I know things have really changed. I love, I think I heard you on one podcast sharing a story about how you had this amazing tantric lover and how like it was so, such an energetic connection and you felt so alive and so much love around this person, but he wasn't fully embodied and wasn't really like living an embodied life. And you're like, wait, I can, I I have access to that. I can give that to myself. Which yeah. sounds like not dissimilar to the, the story tools. that you just said about this woman. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to work with you to get married to somebody else. That's right. But I'll help you access this in yourself. That's right. Because I remember when I started waking up to these tools and realizing that I didn't need somebody to give it to me, that I could actually be there for, I know how to question my thoughts. I know how to embrace the feelings that are there to transform the energy in my nervous system to feel a sense of peace. That shows up in who in our relationships and how we manage our professional lives and how we parent, we model that for other people. And so learning how to navigate to me is just, it's like, it's, it's everything. You know, I remember when I first 
when I first discovered some of these tools and then later started developing my own, I was like, why isn't more people, why aren't more people talking about this? Why don't we learn these things in kindergarten? Why am I learning them in grad school? Like I don't, I didn't make sense for me. And so wanting to share tools for, to help not only humanity heal, but to discover who they are beyond any limitation is what I'm most interested in. Mm. So that's a great segue into like, so why do you think people are not doing this? Why isn't everyone using, you know, healing to reach their full human potential? I think more and more people are waking up to it now. And I think that I think even being in a pandemic, people were really confronted with their own trauma Mm -hmm. and the life choices that they made. And so, again, I think suffering has an intelligence to it if we use it. And so I think more and more people are starting to wake up, but it's a path, right? It's a path of, it's a path of being and becoming, right? Human and being. So yes, and we're already perfect in our essence. And some of this work really takes time to integrate habits and ways of being and and old stories. But I think, I think there's more of us live it. Other people will start waking up to, Oh, I didn't realize that was possible. Mm. And so I just don't, I don't know that we've had. And I think also we've got some media that shows like hippie people and, you know, personifies and jokes around, but I think, you know, it's starting to become more mainstream and I'm hoping that it accelerates. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Like certainly the, the zeitgeist is shifting. Like yeah. we're, we all just went through a near death experience. So we were, <laughs> you know, like forced to face our own mortality in a different way. Yeah. And I find that when that happens, people either, you know, really wake up mm-hmm. or there is a level of despondence. Right. Yeah. And so there's certainly there will be some level of bifurcation, but it seems that as the tools are being more democratized, as people are having more access to different flavors of consciousness and different tools to elevate their own consciousness versus I think about spirituality almost like how TV stations used to be mm-hmm. in the 50s. It was like NBC, CBS, and ABC. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I got to turn into one of those stations to get my news, to get my entertainment. And it used to be like, oh, well, I got to go through the Dalai Lama or the Pope yeah. or there's like this channel that I have to go through to get to God. Yeah. And just like now we all have our own TV stations in our back pockets. I feel like this democratizes democratization of God is also happening Mm -hmm. where we're all learning that we can plug into that wholeness, that we are actually that collective consciousness. And then as we realize that, then it's like, how could I not seek out the tools to let go of that illusion of individuality or let go of that Mm -hmm. illusion of separateness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in my journey, I've found that there's three levels of worth. And I think, you know, there's the, both two are egoic and one is essence level. And so we go through a natural progression, like kindergarten to graduate school. Like we have to go through all of them, which are both other important ego. Ego is important as well as essence is important, right? Only the ego judges the ego. And so- Ooh, we say that again. Only the ego judges the ego. Hold please. (laughs) So good. Meaning that pure essence, pure spirit is not going to judge the ego. No. It's going to love it. Yes. The, the, your nature is loving, is It love. put on the costume. Right. It designed the costume. Yeah. It's yeah. loving all of it. It's like mm-hmm. embracing all parts of ourselves. And so, you know, for a long time, the narrative was like, I'm not good enough. That was my core story. The glasses, when I, when I looked at the heart of it, that was what I was, op- that was where I was playing and operating. And that led me to some, a spiritual path and to do some of the healing work which led me to more of the full spectrum and like potential and coaching, which we can talk about after, but I'm not good enough is sent can be, uh, the, sometimes it's an unconscious 
paradigm which people are living out of, right? Trying to, when they compare themselves to others and they are, right, hustling or trying to look for their safety and love in the world. Now, the next level is I am good enough. And both are egoic, mm-hmm. but it's a it's a healthier integrated ego. And so that's important to realize that that's, that's part of your healing, that's healing your humanity, right? But the next level is essence beyond worthy. So it's like, I'm not worthy. I am worthy beyond worthy. Mm. And beyond worthy is this place in, in your knowing and your being that even the you could never measure who and what you already are. Like it, the the idea of worth doesn't even comprehend. You are all of it. So to measure the totality, it doesn't doesn't make sense. And there were times where I would jump to a spiritual bypass of I'm worth it or I'm beyond worth it because the idea that you are worth it is it can be healing to a degree, but it can also be limiting because no limitation, no definition could ever define who you truly are. And so like, yes, in a human way, feeling yourself and knowing your inherent worth, but then also going beyond this concept of worth. And my experience is as we do that, then we can, you know, manifest or step into our dreams because we're not so divided. We're not in our own way. Right. Yeah. What we are deserving of is so much bigger than we could ever possibly earn. Like the the individuality, the single wave on the ocean could never be good enough to earn the infinite abundance and blessings that are available to us. And so there's always, if you try to name or encapsulate the bigness of what's possible, then of course the wave feels too small. It's like the container is not big enough to receive the outrageous blessings. And so it's like you have to get beyond the container. You have to get beyond the individuality to truly receive the limitless abundance that is available. Yeah. We limit ourselves through our identification, through judging. You know, it's like taking the wave analogy. If you think you're the wave, you're going to be tossed around all the time. If you know you're the ocean, you have a larger container to hold for all of it. And you're not so shaken by life. Mm. For me, these tools are like the ballast in life. What's a ballast? The ballast in like a ship. And so like a sailboat and like it's, it helps you stay rooted and anchored. And so if the winds of life take you, you know, navigating, you know, trauma or whatever it brings up inside of us, there's a deeper truth that we're connected to through all of it. This deeper okayness that we can access. Mm. And ironically, when we allow our ego to align with our essence, which is to be loving or embrace the moment exactly as it is, that's when we start feeling a deeper sense of wholeness, of peace that is here beyond the mind, beyond the narrative of what we think is happening in the moment. So what would you say to someone who's like feeling really stuck, like really in it? Like, you know, I'm working three jobs and I have two kids as a single mom. I'm in a startup and I'm working 13 hours a day and not making any money. I'm going through a divorce and yeah. I have two kids. Uh, yep. Like So like legitimately there's real yeah. life circumstances. The winds of life are, you know, Yes, strumming the the wave <laughs> yeah. at the moment. Like, yeah, yeah, I get that that wave is just an appearance of a wave, yeah. and I just got knocked into yeah. a coral. My head is bleeding. Yeah, like both things are true. Yes, like how do you coach people through those like really intense honoring, chapters? honoring, and not invalidating their experience first? Mm-hmm. So I would not invite somebody to go somewhere I haven't gone myself in my own depths of, and I will meet them in it. So to really hear them, to empathize, and to also invite them to cut the illusion of time for a moment because if we've got a narrative of all these past experiences that's overwhelming 
But if we can just be here right now with the feeling of stuck, ironically, as you embrace the feeling of stuck, you feel free. And so it's the game of opposites. And so if I want to feel, you know, more worthy, it's going to be through unworthiness. So embracing what's actually here sensationally, mentally, emotionally helps us feel the ocean. When we're, when we're sitting in a boat and everything's rocking and I want it to get to stillness, I'm not going to keep, you know, playing with the, the lake and trying to um, find a sense of stillness by engaging in it. I'm going to just be with what's here and say yes to it or notice what's already saying yes to it. And that could be through inviting them to first express what they're feeling. Get it out. You got to get it out. Be raw and honest with your human experience, but do it in a healthy way. And so you could do that through talking, through journaling, just getting it up and out, knowing that it's not you. It's just a feeling or it's just a thought. And then also not judging it. So not identifying with it and not judging it helps it to move through. Mm -hmm. And we're not trying to tackle your entire life story. You, we can by doing mindset work, but you know, mindset is, is limiting. We also want to move it through the body. So helping somebody just, ironically, if you, if you don't want to be stuck and you just meet what is in the moment, ironically, you're, you're free because you're not trying to get anywhere else. And so when you're, when you're just meeting it as it is, it's again, it's the instant way and not to, if anybody's listening, they're like, what is happening? So never believe me. I'm, my invitation is to test it. So whatever somebody's feeling right now, mm -hmm. the invitation is what happens when I'm not trying to think about this, th this feeling, or I'm not trying to indulge it. I just allow it to express and I meet it with acceptance. Mm, allow the feeling to express and meet it with acceptance. This is it felt big because when I was in my my five days in the darkness yeah. in the cave, yeah. um, you know, I went in very much with my agenda of like, I am going to love my darkness. I'm going to find and love my darkness and mm -hmm. I'm going to transmute my darkness with love. And I'm just going to like charge myself up with love as I go into this darkness to face my shadows. And I was like, come on, Judge Judy, like I'm ready for you. And just day one, just so bored. Day two, so <laughs> raging. Day three, so sad. Day four, so judgmental. So just screaming, crying, raging, judging, mm -hmm. screaming, crying, raging, judging. And by day four, I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to leave this cave a lot angrier, sadder, and more judgmental than I came <laughs> in. And it actually was not until I let go of my agenda to transmute right. the feeling that it actually softened. I was like, this actually just wants to be witnessed. That's it just wants to right. be felt. That's right. No agenda. Love has no agenda. Oof, love has no agenda. It just meets all of it with an open heart. So like, how do you do that in your relationship? Like you have kids, you're married. I am sure there are times that you were like, can you just fix your fucking hair? <laughs> or can you just like, blow brush your teeth? Or like, did you, you load the dishwasher like a yeah. raccoon on meth? Yeah. So like, what do you do in those moments where you're like, I, Alyssa, have a yeah. big agenda. Yeah. I but mean, I think, I think a few things help, honestly. So my husband and I, we've always done either, we worked with a coach or a therapist. And I think that is the key to living a really, and this is again, my biased opinion, but not putting things under the rug so they build up, but regularly taking time to get present, to connect more and love. We just, we'll see somebody once a month, twice a month, just ongoing. We'll be married 14 years this summer. And it's phenomenal, but it's phenomenal because we've done the work and we continue to do the work and we have the tools. One thing that we do is called conscious complaining. I just made it up. And so 
obviously right. we've got the Judge Judy or whoever wants to complain because these parts just want to be accepted and seen, give them an outlet. It's okay. As long as we do it in a conscious way, we're not unconsciously kicking the dog or yelling at our kids. I mean, things happen and we can repair and, you know, have compassion for our humanity and make amends. But ideally we've got a container. I'll ask my husband, can you hold? And what that means is, are you resourced enough to be able to hear whatever I need to say. And then I'll exaggerate it. I'll ham it up. Like if I were Judge Judy, I would just be like, you're the worst husband in the world. Like you are making me feel this way. And I would just run with it. And at some point we just start laughing because it, she just wanted out, right? And it's not who you are, but it just wanted expression. Oh, wait, this feels like revelatory life-changing. Like, okay, <laughs> conscious complaining. Yeah. If you're in a relationship or even your coworker or your best friend or, or whatever, yeah. like, can you hold? Oh, yeah. Are yeah. you, one, you're asking for consent. That's Two, right. are they resourced enough to hear your part that needs to be expressed yes. and witnessed? And then I love this idea that you like really turn up the volume. Oh, yeah. Like let Judge Judy oh, put on yeah. her gavel and her You're an collar. actress. Like let her come play. Oh. She's welcome at the table. Oh my gosh, this is good. <laughs> so my boyfriend and I, we did something sort of the opposite where it was like if I got too judgy that I had like a consequence because my coaching <laughs> paradigm is like promises and consequences. Behavioral. And if I got too judgy, I had a I bought a Judge Judy costume and the thing was that we would have to have sex in the Judge Judy house. <laughs> Transmuting Judge Judy energy. Very tantric. <laughs> but we never did did it. Yeah. Because <laughs> when I would get judgy, I would not want to make sex. love. Yeah. <laughs> so this one seems better yeah. though. Yeah. Because then I could put on the outfit and just really like go for it. Yeah. This feel. And then of course it would probably end up in Making some sexy love. times. Yeah. 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 Because <laughs> it's transmuted because it's allowed. Uh -huh. So all these parts just want to be allowed. Whoa. But they're not who we are. And as soon as we identify, that's where it gets hard. Right? Okay. If we're identified with a part, with a thought, with a behavior, that's where our self-worth collapses in it and that's where it gets hard. But if we're just like, oh yeah, there's that part of me and it's allowed and I'm not judging it, I'm not identifying with it, it's just part of the play and mm. it's fun and it's light. Mm. This is so good. <laughs> so good. Um, so let's, I want to... I want to like go into the psyche of someone who is listening to this, like, this sounds amazing. And like, I wish I had money for a coach or I wish I could afford a couples therapist every month or like, I want to heal. I can imagine who I might be on yeah. the other side of healing, mm -hmm. the potential that I might unlock, mm -hmm. but I'm afraid or I think it makes me weak mm -hmm. or I have some stigma around therapy or coaching. Mm -hmm. Like, like, I want to hear, like, what would you would say to that piece of, like, the why? Like, why someone isn't doing that? Yeah. Like, could you speak to that part of someone? Yeah. I think just getting really honest with ourselves. What is it that we really want? And if we're honest with ourselves and it's that we were scared to go there, that makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. And there are enough resources and tools and people sharing free content to be able to serve. That's one of my intentions as well, to make things more accessible so that they don't have to try to figure it out on their own. It's like part of what I teach is five levels of change. And so not just mental, but like giving people tools to be able to navigate it. But if, if they really want that, then it's available for free and money, not to let money be an excuse. Mm -hmm. But if it's something like I'm scared of if I grow and my partner doesn't grow, I'm scared I'm going to lose them. Mm -hmm. I get that. Yeah. And then really meeting the part of us that's scared and then making a decision. Well, if I choose to grow and evolve and this, it, this calls my partner forward to evolve with me, how beautiful. 
but sometimes we have to be willing to be courageous and take risks and follow our truth. And other times we're not ready. We have to dance our dance and that's okay too. Mm, mm-hmm. But like I think even trusting that timing. Yeah. Like maybe truly I'm not ready yet. That's right. And I might be at some point. And that's okay. And and I love what you said that you have a desire to like make like a toolkit for humanity. Can you speak about that? I want to help humanity heal. I want people to have tools so that they, part of the work that I do is five levels of change. So somatic, emotional, mental, behavioral, and unconscious. And so I want to create a free toolkit where people are like, I, my daughter or my boss or people are struggling and they don't know how to have these tools to navigate where they just they get sent different tools that I found most helpful that they can apply and incorporate in their own life. So a toolkit for humanity. Yes. And would it be like a book? Would it be on your website? Like what do you it think it look? I think it would be an opt-in videos and, and like workbook type tool mm, for each yes. level, one for each level. Because yeah. this feels like the question everyone asks, like why didn't I get taught this in school? Like right. why, why was I learning trigonometry and not <laughs> how to feel my feelings? Yeah. Because yeah. honestly, I'm like, you know, 16 years into meditation, 20 years into coaching and therapy and like darkness retreats, ayahuasca retreats, yeah. shaman, tantra, like you name it. Like I've done it. Yeah. Like I have outrageous access and privilege to some of the world's most amazing healers. And the thing that I keep coming back to is we have to feel our fucking feelings. Yeah, that's right. And it's just like, what is it going to take for us to actually be equipped to feel our feelings? I think a lot of times people think feeling is hard, but it's not. Mm. It's resisting the feeling that's hard. (laughs) Amen. Can you say that again louder for the people in the back? A lot of people think that feeling your feelings is hard. It's the resistance to feeling the feelings that is hard. Say more. (laughs) So there's what is, there's your feelings, and then there's all of the, the coping mechanisms, the defense, the resistance on top of that. And oftentimes I look at the past, if we weren't able to present something when we were younger. I look at it like it's this dam of emotional baggage that we've piled up. And so helping people start to drain out the dam so they feel lighter and more optimal in their life. And we could talk about manifestation, what's possible Mm -hmm. as we wake up out of the limitations of our identity or what we think we're capable of. But most people haven't slowed down to really look at, I'm not just being triggered by the current moment all of my past is being triggered in this moment. It's not just the person that dumped you that hurts. It's all of your rejection that's being triggered from your entire life or your dad leaving, whatever it was. And that's, we want to have compassion with ourselves, but we also want to know that there's an option to be courageous to go there. And ironically, it's easier to do the work when you have the right tools, when you have the right support. Yeah. And then you don't have to keep carrying it with you. And then what's possible? What do we create? How do we live our lives? What feels aligned and authentic to share and serve as a result of doing the work? Like we don't just do the work to do shadow work because it's like, yes, and, and what's possible because of that. So let's talk about that. Like what is possible? Like what have you seen as people really unlock their human potential through healing? Like in the realm of manifestation, in the realm of building empires, in the realm of being of service to humanity. They follow their dreams, but they're also connected to what they thought the goal would give them in the future now. Say that again. So they're going to follow their dreams to say, do a podcast or write a book or start a family or start a nonprofit, whatever it is. They still follow that, but they're not with the illusion that the future will give them anything more than that they don't already have access to now. Mm -hmm. Because they're tapped in, turned on to what that is now, then 
are your goals, you can be more bold. You're not so caught up in things having to look a certain way or thinking your worth is collapsed. If it happens or not, things get a lot easier and more light, lighter. And I love, I know you talk about manifestation. It's so fun. And in uh, my experience is manifestation is accelerated once we've cleared any of the misunderstandings about who we are or what we think is is possible in our lives. So if we don't feel worthy of what we're creating, our ego will just replace one problem with another. Mm, if we don't feel worthy of what we're creating, then our ego will replace one problem with another. And that keeps us at a set point mm -hmm. so that then we don't actually evolve to what else is possible because we keep telling ourselves, it's like we have a self-image and it's we have lower and upper limits. And that self-image is our egoic sense of self. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right, we want healthy, integrated egos, but we want to wake up to what's beyond that, and that's where innovation and creativity and bigger impact is possible because of as we wake up out of these narratives. But as we heal and integrate some of our trauma, everybody has trauma. Big T trauma is a different story, which we can talk about if you want. But as we start to feel more of our aliveness, a lot of our wholeness, we're not pushing down the past so much. Then we've got more energy to serve. It's not so focused on what can I get, it's what can I give. And an acceleration is, is uh, manifestation is accelerated because of that. So we're no longer saying, I want this partner, I want to start this profession and thinking I'm not really worthy of it, but if I get that, then I'll feel whole or then I'll feel good enough. As we feel whole and as we feel our inherent sense of worth, we drop in an image of what it is we're desiring and things get accelerated. It picks up and we can use that field of pure potential to play and manifest. Oh, this is so beautifully articulated. I've never heard it said exactly like this, but this is like what I've spent a lot of my life teaching. Yeah. It's like we don't realize how much energy that trauma, that block, that limiting belief, like how much energy it takes to manage that, to yeah. focus on that. And then when you clear that, when you integrate that, mm -hmm. it's like your channel literally gets bigger. Yeah. And you you stop being a bag of need looking to be fulfilled. That's I'm right. not good enough, but if I have the partner in the million dollars, then I will be yeah. enough. Yeah. You heal and integrate that not enoughness and then your channel gets bigger for what can flow through you to That's be of right. service to other people. Yeah. Yeah, And then it's like, and then the magnet gets bigger, the channel gets bigger yeah. and it all flows a lot more elegantly. Yeah. So I think it's like if anyone's feeling stuck in the manifestation or you feel like, oh, I, I don't actually quite believe that I deserve this just yet. It's like, keep doing the integration work, keep feeling your feelings and then ask the question, like, to what end? Mm -hmm. Like, why do I want this thing? Mm -hmm. What do I want to direct this abundance to? Mm -hmm. Why do I want to be in a relationship where I feel loved and buttressed and supported? And how does me being in that relationship serve the world? How does it serve myself and my community and those around me to show what's possible? And if anybody's listening, really hearing like, oh, but I... I'm judging the part of me that wants those things and or that I'm not there. It's like notice in this moment that there's a part of you that sees the is aware of that story of judgment and that is not you. The part of you that is aware of the judgment is not the judgment itself. There's something prior to it. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really important because I for many years would know these things, but then I would loop in judgment being like, oh, but I still want that, or it feels unconscious, or I was looking for something outside of myself. And so I think it's important to just help people learn to be compassionate with themselves. We're looking for these things because we've been taught that by society and we're the ones to start shifting that inside of ourselves by being compassionate, but we put the glasses on and so we're the ones to take them off. Mm, like we have to take it off ourselves. That's right. 
And we have to first realize what glasses we're wearing. Yeah. Awareness, acceptance, and then aligned action. I love that. You have to come aware of it. We have to accept that that I'm wearing the glasses. Yeah. And then we figure out, like, do I want to take them off? What action do I want to take if I'm not making decisions through those? The old lens. Then it becomes mm-hmm. aligned action. Mm-hmm. And it's that compassionate awareness. It can't be the Judge Judy awareness, the, like, super ego, hypervigilance, you know, trauma response to trying to be perfect so that then people like me, you know, even noticing that. And that part's welcome, too. And mm-hmm. that's okay, too. Mm-hmm. God, she's so good though. <laughs> yeah, she's so good she at getting is. stuff done. She, and, and she's I, so discerning. Oh, she's got great <laughs> elements. And I wonder if there's a I wonder if there's a uh, a more improved, higher functioning way to be with her. Like what? Well, let's see in our laser coaching. So friends, <laughs> you're gonna have to check out our we're gonna do a mini masterclass with Alyssa. Um, which thank you so much. Uh, Alyssa's agreed to do some laser coaching yeah. with me, maybe on this, maybe on something else. We'll see what's yeah, alive yeah. after the episode. But just as a little spoiler, you can find that at zivameditation.com slash why this. Um, so I'm really excited for that. Um, okay. So I want to just quickly, because I would be mad at myself if I didn't talk about this, but I know that we have a, a really dear friend in common, Layla Martin. And I know that you guys meet sometimes once a week uh-huh. and you do these like manifesting nights together. <laughs> and I would, and you guys are both such beautiful humans doing such big work, changing so many tens of thousands of lives, training not only people, but training, you know, coaches of people. Mm-hmm. And so the ripple effect is like, you know, exponential. It's yeah. like the, the spiritual MLM is really high. <laughs> Um, and so I'd love to just have a little window in whatever you feel comfortable yeah. sharing of what do you guys do with your manifesting practice? I can share. We can do it right now if you want. <gasps> yes, yeah, we could do it. So, Great. so I shared this with Layla. This is one of in my certification program. I teach accelerated manifestation. So after they've done the shadow work, because I help them do their own work, so that they're leading with themselves. They've done the shadow work, and then we go into manifestation. And there's different tools. One of them is this process that I'll introduce to you now that uh, I shared with Layla. And we her and I will do mindset work together. We'll do manifestation. We kind of play with the two. Um, fucking love Layla so much. It's the best. It's so good. <laughs> uh, and so this process is kind of jumping into your vision to elevate your experience. So we could do it for each other, but I'll do it for you just for, for the sake of the podcast. Great. So what this looks like is you'll start sharing the vision, like the movie clip of what it is you desire as if it's happening now, feeling it in your body, tasting all your senses. You're going to be so good at this, but you're just literally saying, I'm waking up in my partner's arms. I feel so held and safe and I smell coffee in the other room and I just am excited about the day. I look at my calendar and it's every, you know, you just start going through it and I'm feeling and everybody's sensing this vision that, that is listening, this vision that you have and I'll come in organically and jump in to elevate it for you because when two or more gathers, it's elevated. And so why not get some of that juice from each other and hold the vision for What's up? Whatever's for our highest good. Great. And so do you have a particular topic that you want to play with, man? Yes, you do. (laughs) You're like, actually? Yes. (laughs) Okay, great. So if you want to get started, Mm -hmm. I'll interrupt and I'll start um, elevating your vision. And then then you'll, you'll go again and then I'll elevate your vision again. So we'll do two rounds of it focused on like go again like start over no same just continue the conversation keep Keep elevating it keep feeling it in your body as if it's happening now like let your cells really drink it in because what happens is again we have a a set point a limit of who we think we are and so Mm -hmm. and because the body doesn't know the difference with fantasy and reality 
and the unconscious projects fear into the unknown, as you start using visualization and manifestation, it's a hack for your subconscious to know that it's safe to have your desires because you think you've already had them. Mm. And it also creates new neural pathways. And so there's a lot of science to prove it, but it's also just elevating and fun. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we'll do two rounds. So you'll okay. start, I'll jump in, you'll keep going and I'll jump in. Okay, okay. eyes closed, eyes open. Either way, whatever okay. feels good. Oh, <laughs> I am laying on this very soft, like sheepskin, but better rug in front of a fireplace. And I can see through the fireplace to the other side. I'm in my home, my beautiful home in nature. And it smells so clean. The air smells so clean and the floors are so solid and quiet. And I am pregnant with Sela, my daughter who wants to come in. And Jasper is asleep in his room, so happy. And I have nature all around me. I have the most beautiful sauna and then a natural cold plunge that I can cold plunge in. And when I wake up in the morning, I can see my art station where I can paint and watercolor and I have this beautiful view that looks out on the sauna and cold plunge. And I feel so held and met and matched in the 3D and the 5D with my partner. And I love the way he looks at you. Yeah. Like the way he looks at you is so deep and present. Like it is literally, I've been hearing from other people, like it is up leveling how they, the way that he loves you and the way that you love him is like a set point for a new paradigm of what's possible in relationship. And the, I have like, I was in your home last night. The smells of the redwoods are intoxicating. As I'm walking through the house, I'm like, is this really the life that you've created? It's incredible. Yeah, it's so good. And you're right. Like He, he worships the divine feminine through mm. me and I worship the divine masculine through him. So it's about us and not about us at all. That's right. And we have so much fun together and we are like creating on the 5D and the 3D, like creating art and work that is healing millions mm -hmm. of people. Mm -hmm. And didn't I just see you on Oprah? Was that yes. right? Like yes. how did that happen? It just was like overnight, you're under her redwoods in the on the podcast. Like yeah. this work is touching hundreds of millions of lives and it's by you leading first. It is so beautiful. And your sex life, please share more. Oh my gosh. <laughs> It is wild. It is holy and hot. It is a prayer. It, Isis is there almost all of the time. It's, it becomes an antenna to where we can feel how it's transmuting us, but also the, the species yeah. when we're in that space. And we can go anywhere. Like we can be in masculine or feminine giving or receiving. It can be sacred or carnal, like at the flip of a, of a switch. And it's beautiful. You guys have really dialed in you loving yourselves fully and the lifestyle that is possible with this eco-friendly jet that has you fly around the world as <gasps> like deeply impacting with the work that you're doing. So like this is kind of the process where you just keep elevating each other through. Oh my back God, and it forth. feels so good. It feels so good. It and feels then I'm so seeing real. it for you. I, I love how descriptive you are. That is so natural for you, I think. But um, also bring in and the feeling, like I see you embody it. So I want to just em encourage people to do what you're naturally doing, which mm -hmm. is be descriptive in it, but also feel it in your body mm -hmm. because that's what helps 
set the frequency. Mm-hmm. And so let's say I get into a situation because right now, and this is probably what I'm having you coach me on in our, in our yeah. mini masterclass okay. after, <laughs> in our after party, is that like this week, my boyfriend and I have broken up and got back together four times. Okay. <laughs> and we're not normally, like we're not yeah. people who are like d- addicted to the drama. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've been there, I've done yeah. that. but it's And it's with love. And we're just like, wait, are we taking a break or not? Are we yeah. taking a break or not? And so when I'm in that story and the parts of me are being triggered, yes. is it like come back to this feeling? Like no. come back to this dream? Yeah. Uh, my experience, other rather than trying to use manifestation as a band-aid, because as you're starting to heighten what it is you want and feeling it in this moment, the contrast gets stronger. So anything that's not in vibrational resonance, it's natural for it to come up like you're speaking of. That's why sometimes when people are feeling really good and then they're like, wait, this other issue came up in my life, but I was feeling good. Sometimes it's an upper limit. Other times it's because you feel safe enough for this part to process, to Mm. go through your next level of upgrading. I love that frame. Yeah. I actually feel safe enough in this new paradigm to To let the old thing come up and out. That's right. So that you can integrate it and stabilize at this new level. Mm -hmm. And so we'll unpack that. But instead of trying to use manifestation as a band-aid to maintain at this level, mm-hmm. what's more feminine and more natural is to embrace the part that is in the muck, that is looking for healing and integration so mm-hmm. that you feel whole and then come back to manifestation. Yeah. Like don't put the dream on top of the feeling, feel the feeling yes. and then you can come back to the yes. dream. And it can go back and forth. So using manifestation to help activate and accelerate and feel a new set point, but then also to help highlight whatever's in contrast to it so that you can presence it. Mm -hmm. And then you learn to integrate it. And that's what helps create stable change. Mm, That is so, so beautiful. You've given us so much wisdom, so many actionable things that we can actually start to do. But if people really want to start this journey, they want to heal more, they want to work with a coach or become a coach, like how can people start to take steps in that direction? And then how can people work with you? Yeah. So I would recommend they go to alistanobrega.com. So we open for our certification program um, through throughout a few times throughout the year. And Mm -hmm. it's a great place for them to do their own work, to learn how to be trauma-informed, competent coaches, not just learning mindset work or not just learning emotional work. It's an integrative method, but they start to improve their life so that they don't need to be perfect, but they're really walking the path. And then we help them start or scale their business using personal development work throughout the whole year-long program. It's mm. profound. So you're not just training coaches, you're actually training, you're doing business training as well. Yeah. That's amazing. The, they, people need three things to really thrive as a therapist, coach, or healer. They need to do their own work. They need to be competent and competent coaches, learning the tools. And then they need to know how to create a business or scale a business. Mm-hmm. So we teach all three of those, not just learning it, embodying it, but also creating clients while they're in the program. Cool. That's what I didn't get when I was a therapist. They were like, good luck. I'm like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. I got to figure this out. So I don't want people to go through that. Mm-hmm. And how long is the training? It is 11 months. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And how many people have you trained so far? Oh, it'll be a thousand in the last three years. <gasps> Amazing. Yeah, How's beautiful. that feel? It's, inc- it's my life's work. It felt like my love letter back to the universe. It was like everything that I've ever received. I put, I just wanted to put my heart in digital form and give it back. And I knew that this was the way that I could help create a bigger impact because all of those clients that they serve in this ripple effect together were helping uplift humanity. Oh. So to step good. into their dreams, to discover their their inherent freedom outside of the paradigm or the lies of the mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like once you train one 
coach, like they can then go out and help so many other That's people. Right. That's right. Um, so, so Alyssa Yeah. And then on, where are you on social media? Instagram. Okay. Alyssa and Nubriga. what's Alyssa Nubriga. Yeah. Okay. And you got a podcast coming soon ish. Yes. That's right. What's it, what's it going to be called? <laughs> Healing and human potential. Come on. Come on. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for your wisdom, for your heart, for your aliveness, for your like genuine passion for Mm. wanting to help people. I can feel it. It's Mm. so pure. Mm. And thank you, sweet friends, for joining us today on this episode of Why Isn't Everyone Doing This? If you are digging this, if you're like, oh, these things are making sense to me, I would be so grateful if you will share the love, share the message with people in your world. You can screenshot this and tag us at Ziva Meditation and at Alyssa Nobriga. Also, if you want to rate the show and share it, that always helps to get this media as medicine out into the world. And we are about to do a little laser coaching session where Alyssa is going to coach me and who knows even what's going to come up in a moment. But if you're curious about this or mini masterclasses from our amazing guests like Layla Martin, who we talked about, Aubrey Marcus, Blue, then you can go to zivameditation.com slash why this. All right, sweet friends, have a beautiful week and I will see you on the next episode. I cannot say it enough. I believe that bliss is your birthright. And the only thing keeping us from 24 hour a day bliss is stress. And so now I wanna ask you, what do you think happens if a whole group of people who all believe that bliss is our birthright come together to meditate and pray and eradicate the stress from our bodies? Well, let's find out. Because about every month I do something called a bliss activation and you are invited to join me and thousands of like-minded people all around the globe for our next bliss activation. We will meditate, we will answer questions, we will do hot seat coaching, we will breathe, we will put our attention on that which we want to grow, which is our bliss and yes, the bliss of the collective. So if this sounds like it is right up your alley, go to zivameditation.com slash activate. That is Z-I-V-A meditation.com slash activate. Join me and amazing like-minded people from around the world to activate the bliss that is your birthright. And this is totally free. This is my gift to you. Go to zivameditation.com slash activate.